<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here with another Full Measure After Hours. And guess who's back with me again this week? Who is that? <laughs> it's investigative producer David Bernkoff. Here I am, there one more are. time. The people want it, and the people get it. I have been getting so many emails, even phone calls and texts. Really? From my kids asking me <laughs> to stop. Also, though... Um, it's hard for you to go out in public anymore because people recognize you from the Full Measure After Hours podcast. They do. They recognize my voice, which is even <laughs> scarier. All right. Um, today we thought we would talk about a story we've covered off and on for a couple of years because it's so important. And I think one reason it's so important is not because, not only because it's a health issue that impacts so many people, but because the information we found in our investigation is otherwise so hard to find. It's very important. It's about the common dye used in MRIs. It's made with a chemical called gadolinium. So you just know it as MRI dye. And when we first started covering this story a couple of years ago, there was talk about from victims' rights groups that there had been a cover-up among the federal government and some companies that knew that this is more dangerous than they've disclosed in ways that you didn't find on the warning labels or in discussions with your doctors. And can be fatal. It can be cumulative in people. Well, after we covered the story with Chuck Norris's wife, who got very sick after, I think, five MRIs in a row, they didn't know they were making them sicker, making her sicker as they were trying to diagnose her. This uh, chemical, the gadolinium dye, was largely banned in many countries, all of Europe. And so you want to pick up the stories we updated it because there had been some action here in the U.S., but not the same thing, David, that they did in Europe. Well, it was another one of these things where the FDA, in response partially to our story and partially clearly in response to the attention that Chuck Norris could bring to the story on behalf of his wife and, and her work, uh, they issued some new warnings that, again, were hard for a consumer to find, and I think maybe even hard for some doctors to find. But they did tell even more doctors to restrict the use of gadolinium in even more patients. And I think maybe it's helpful to go back a little bit. What happens to some small subset of people, apparently, is that the gadolinium stays in your tissue. It can stay in your brain, can stay in other organs and can cause a whole range of issues because it doesn't get along with the tissue. 
So let me say, for many years, for decades, the conventional wisdom from the medical community and the FDA was, hey, you were probably told this if you had one, you get that dye, and yes, it's toxic, but you pee it out pretty fast right afterwards. If your kidneys are working normally, you know, you don't have anything to worry about. Right. They had always told people with kidney issues to not, the doctors, to not use gadolinium. Or to be very careful, yeah. right. So victims, though, that didn't have kidney issues, patient people, patient rights people, and so on, that have come out on this issue, said even when they didn't have kidney issues, they were suffering problems, you know, thyroid problems. Chuck Norris's wife, her, her lungs almost fused to her ribs. She couldn't breathe. Her, her insides were burning. She felt like all her tissues were on fire. You know, there's so many different things that can happen, I guess, depending on your biology. And it came to light through some documents that some of this was discussed many years ago in FDA documents and in company documents. So that's where the notion that some people allege, and the company, of course, denies, the companies that make it deny it, that some people allege there was sort of an effort to cover up and not let this information be known. But they did, after our story, uh, after our stories, um, issue a new, more significant warning. It's unclear to us how often that warning is actually passed on to patients because it is not like it's not like the warning on the side of a cigarette pack where it's obvious and clear it's not on the side of the MRI machine be careful about using gadolinium it's it's up to the doctor to tell you and here's the problem we asked one of the doctors who ended up helping Gina Norris Chuck Norris's wife sort of an alternative medicine doctor that specializes in toxicology and was well-informed on this issue, but he said, most doctors aren't. And I said, why? You know, why, if I'm getting an MRI ordered by a doctor, why can't he tell me this? Why doesn't he see the literature? Because there are a lot of peer-reviewed published studies about it. He explained that your regular doctor usually does not bother to stay up to date on all these radiology developments because that's what the radiologists do. So they're reading the radiology magazines that has this information, you know, the peer-reviewed published studies. Your main doctor may not be, but the radiologist, he said, rarely sees the patient. So there's really nobody you're speaking to before you get the MRI that has necessarily has all of this information. The people taking your you know, your name and writing out your forms may not know any of this. Maybe the radiologist does, but he's not consulting with you one-on-one. -on -one. And then your main doctor is probably leaving it up to the radiologist. So this information is not being well transmitted. Then when the warnings did come out, let's say you don't think it should be on the market, similarly as they've done in Europe. Well, it is here, but at least you should be able to access the warnings. I tried Googling first just a regular Google search looking for the warnings and could not find the FDA warning. Then I went to the FDA website and tried all kinds of code words and keywords to put in there to try to find the warnings. Couldn't find it. You know, the normal ways that people would search for this information would be something like MRI dye safety, MRI risks, MRI dye dangers. And instead you get all this other stuff about gadolinium and MRI dye, even on the FDA page. It was really, really hard to find the warning. So we published some of that information. In fact, if you go to fullmeasure.news and search for MRI, our stories will come up, including the one we'll talk about in a minute, that lists the brand names that the FDA says are slightly worse or slightly better than the other brand names if you're still going to get an MRI with dye. One thing that was interesting, we touched on it earlier, is if you have kidney issues, then you are definitely at higher risk. But 
we haven't come across any other triggers or signs that make someone at a higher risk. It's not, they haven't found something in addition to a kidney issue. It seems more random than that. You know, it's like every kind of medical treatment you get, depending on your particular genetics, biology, exposures, vulnerabilities, you may have a problem where somebody else doesn't. And they haven't bothered to or spent money studying what kind of predispositions might make you susceptible to injury because really it's only been recently they've acknowledged there is this sort of injury possible. I don't know if we said at the beginning, the reason they use this dye in some MRIs, many but not all, is that it helps the radiologist read the MRI. So there is a reason why it's used and why it's helpful in some cases, but it also has been used over time more randomly than that. It's just one of those things that, oh, let's use it, it'll make it easier, when it wasn't really necessary. That was part of the warning, is doctors should make sure that it's really needed if they're going to use the gadolinium. Yeah, so the way it was described to us, there are some uses for the gadolinium dye, maybe certain kinds of brain MRIs that you need done, that you have to have the dye or you're not going to get a good read. And it may be so important to your diagnosis for your health that that risk outweighs, the benefit outweighs the risk. So you don't want to just say no necessarily. But on some things, and one example that was given to me by a medical professional was sometimes, for example, your knee. You don't need to see with dye necessarily on a particular type of knee injury, so you could maybe skip the dye. And based on the newest findings, you would want to. Also, the FDA had allowed expansion of use of dye under the notion that it was harmless to children, you know, younger and younger people using MRI dye. And now, you know, I asked, are you rethinking that? They didn't come out, I don't think they came out with new guidelines. They just said it should be considered by the doctors who are prescribing it. And I think they did add a recommendation that pregnant women not use gadolinium uh, because of that dye issue. One thing, there has been a development this very week that yes, we found, me. and the development is that the National Institutes You're wrinkling of, your papers. I'm wrinkling papers my here. paper here. This just <laughs> in. The National Institutes of Health... Well, first of all, I shouldn't even be using paper anymore. That's We're pretty old-fashioned. Old uh, the National Institutes of Health just uh, gave a grant to a company to figure out whether they can do these with an AI solution that completely replaces gadolinium. Artificial so, intelligence. Yeah, artificial intelligence solution. So that would be interesting if down the line this leads to nobody even needing to use gadolinium or rarely needing to use gadolinium. But it's just at the beginning stage right now. Let me go over, I put together sort of a timeline. I'll briefly summarize it for one of our stories of what the thought was about gadolinium. It was introduced about 30 years ago, and doctors and the FDA used to tell patients, as I said, that it was quickly urinated out of the body. But in 2006, internal FDA documents showed scientists recognized a problem. They called it a strong association between gadolinium and a deadly disease that causes thickening and tightening of the skin and organs, nephrogenic systemic fibrosis, or NSF. The next year, in 2007, the FDA added a serious black box warning to gadolinium dye, but only for patients with weak kidneys. And again, I didn't know any of this, and I've never had an MRI with dye, but I almost did one time and thought better of it because it was just sort of a you know, preventative thing, and no one told me any of these things. 
you know, it was after 2006 and 2007. In 2010, the FDA expanded the warning and acknowledged that repeat MRIs seemed to pose greater risks, but again, for kidney patients, they weren't talking about the general population. Then in 2015, the FDA finally acknowledged that gadolinium can store in the brain, even in people without kidney problems, quote, long after the MRIs. That was really the admission that this whole idea that you just, it just passes through your system may not be the case for some people. And again, this is not something that everybody who has an MRI with gadolinium ends up with some problem or other. In fact, it's not even clear what the percentage is because they've never done those kinds of studies. So in March of 2017, after we covered this with Chuck Norris and his wife, a European health board recommended banning some gadolinium dyes. In May 2017, the FDA acknowledged that gadolinium is not only retained in the brain, but they acknowledged in body organs too, so they're expanding this concern. But they still claimed there was no evidence it caused any disorders besides that NSF disorder in kidney patients. In July 2017, this is all you know, happening pretty fast, Europe banned most uses and types of the most problematic gadolinium dyes. In November 2017, Japan followed suit with a ban. And then we come to the U.S. In December 2017, you might think, well, we're going to do what Europe and Japan did, but instead the U.S., the FDA, um, issued warnings and insisted gadolinium benefits outweigh any risks. And it did order manufacturers to conduct new safety studies and develop a medication guide. We called for a while after this and said to the companies and the FDA, is this medication guide developed, the thing you're supposed to hand patients so that they can actually see this stuff in writing for themselves? And I haven't checked lately, but at last check, they were just saying there was no deadline for that. You know, they were working on it. Uh, I checked the other day, not that specifically, but see whether there are any developments. And The only one I found was this new grant on using artificial intelligence potentially. Well, I'm going to give a list of the the warning that's hard to find by the FDA, lists some brand names. And you can, again, find this in writing if you Google fullmeasure.news or go on our fullmeasure.news website and Google her story or Chuck Norris's wife or MRI die. You should be able to find this in print because you may want to take this with you if you have concerns. You can take this with you to the radiologist. The FDA says there is more risk with the MRI dye that's called Omniscan or Optimark, O-P-T-I-M-A-R-K. More risk with them than Eovist, E-O-V-I-S-T, Magnavist, M-A-G-N-E-V-I-S-T, or Multihance. So in other words, it's, it's not just one is, they're all the same. Some they find are retained longer in the body or have a higher you know, rate of retention than others. The lowest levels that remain in the body, according to the FDA, but still remain in the body, are Dotarem, D-O-T-A-R-E-M, Gadavist, G-A-D-A-V-I-S-T, and Prohance. That's all according to the FDA. So they're giving three levels of dye, all of which they say can be retained in the body, which is not good, but the highest level, the medium level, and sort of the lowest level. You can check that out for yourself. And what we found when doing this report is that if you're hoping that your doctor is going to just bring this up 
when they schedule an MRI, that has not been very likely. It is really another case where the patient has to ask the question. And uh, these are things that the doctors should know now, and they can certainly look it up pretty quickly if they don't know about it. But it is probably going to be up to the individual to say, tell me about your use of dye, why it's needed in this particular instance for me, which one are you going to use, what do you know about that? You can um, try to find the warning yourself, by the way, on the FDA website, and I'll tell you how I finally found it. <laughs> it's not on the main MRI page if you go to the FDA's MRI page, which is where I think it ought to be. It ought to be linked on there. Maybe it is now, but as of my last check. If you click over to MRI safety, you might think, oh, that's where it's going to be. Well, it's not there either. And then if you search on the FDA website, when I searched, if you search MRI dye safety or MRI dye, which I think is what people would most commonly search for, nothing shows up for this warning. I finally found it when I searched the words gadolinium safety. So we should spell <laughs> gadolinium for you. It is spelled G-A-D-O-L-I-N-I-U-M. G-A-D-O-L-I-N-I-U-M. Yep. And um, what do the manufacturers say? These are very big companies making a lot of money, you know. They say that, of course, they say they follow the rules and regulations and that for vast majority of people, their products are safe. Some are phasing out you know, a subset that they call linear dye, linear gadolinium dye. Um, there must be a bigger problem with that if they're phasing it out. The makers firmly deny there's ever been a cover-up. They say they've taken action every time they've learned of any issues. And then, let's see, one more thing we got from McKesson. McKesson does not manufacture gadolinium and has never been involved in the FDA approval process of any gadolinium products. We asked McKesson because they're a distributor. Right. And, they, and they don't deny distributing it. They just say they don't make it. Yeah, they said that they deliver hundreds of thousands of pharmaceutical products and medical supplies to hospitals, clinics, and treatment centers. We went to them because they were named in the lawsuit by the Norrises, among the people being sued. One more final little interesting thing I thought. The FDA, after our first story, had a vote about what to do on this issue, and they did that on camera, like we could go back and watch the vote. They mentioned... In essence, they mentioned our story because they talked about Gina Norris's experience. And the vote to issue new warnings was almost unanimous. Only one FDI, FDA advisor said, I vote against the new warnings. And the reason she voted against it, she said, was it wasn't enough. She so wanted it to be stronger. Yeah, she thought maybe there should be a ban so or stronger warnings. But the point is, everybody agreed when this finally was brought to their attention in a form of a vote after our story aired, all the FDA advisors agreed there was some kind of issue here. So but again, it's still up to individuals largely to push this issue, I think. It is. Um, so please share this with anybody you think might be getting an MRI. Some people, it doesn't mean, of course, this is the problem people are having if they've had MRIs, but some people do suffer mysterious problems and not understand what it is. You can get your blood tested for gadolinium. Um, Gina Norris is blood level. She showed us her results were off the charts. Of course, no one thought to do this until she went for alternative treatment, kind of diagnosed herself after reading stuff online. But, um, you know, save this, pass it on, uh, send us your comments, subscribe to our podcast, all of the above.
tell my kids I'm not so bad. <laughs> so thanks for listening. Um, we hope you'll listen to our next Full Measure After Hours podcast. I also have another podcast called the Cheryl Atkinson Podcast with other original news and reflections. I'm not on that one. <laughs> I might have Yet. you on. I might have you on sometime by popular demand. So uh, think for yourself, make up your own mind. Thanks for listening.